Hello and welcome to Ready, Set, Retire, an audio guide packed with information to help you achieve a successful retirement. I'm your co-host, John McComb, with more than half a century of award-winning broadcasting experience. It's my pleasure to join Lori Pinkowski every two weeks for Ready, Set, Retire. Lori is an award-winning and highly respected senior portfolio manager and investment advisor at Canaccord Genuity. She has been successfully managing retirement portfolios for over two decades. We're here to talk about everything from financial and estate planning to travel, hobbies and health matters, and so much more. Whether you're thinking about your retirement or already living your retirement dreams, Ready, Set, Retire is for you. And Lori, estate planning is an important step to protect your legacy and provide for your loved ones no matter what your situation in life. Even in the most open families, conversations often come to a screeching halt when two subjects come up, death and money. For both parents and adult children, confronting the prospect of each other's deaths can be uncomfortable. Uh, Privacy around financial matters is often a key concern, even among close family members. But having an open and honest conversation with your family about your wishes for when you're gone can really benefit your family down the road. It's so true. You know, it's it's sometimes tough to get people talking or even thinking about estate planning, I have to say. For many, the topic can be a little awkward, may seem a little morbid, and just not top priority, especially, you know, when the sun is shining, who wants to talk about this stuff? But while it can be difficult to have the conversation around estate planning, I feel that almost on a monthly basis, I'm seeing situations where some open communication could have helped families have a smoother transition of wealth save taxes, and just have a little bit of an easier going time when dealing with loss if things are organized better. And so family finances really have never been more complex, I would say. We're seeing the biggest wealth transfer in history as more of the population is aging and and many are really starting to think about their legacy. And while it's important to factor in the things that make your family unique, there are money principles that hold true regardless of our family setup. When it comes to creating generational wealth, careful planning, thoughtful sharing of intentions together with the right investment vehicles, but the right investment and legal team, I think is also really important. You can't go this alone a lot of the time, although families want to. Sometimes, again, you need to include your financial advisor, an accountant, possibly a lawyer when setting up your will, as well as others, possibly a trust company if needed. Going through some of those situations with clients and families, sometimes there might be over planning as well, John, I've seen recently, where there's too much planning. Trusts are created that really didn't need to be created and and so on. So you just want to make sure you have the right group of professionals providing that advice to you and your family. Well, today on Ready, Set, Retire, we're going to go over tips on how to talk to your family about estate planning and family financial planning so that you and your family can prepare for a healthy and wealthy future. So personal finance is always changing, Lori, but estate planning is important now more than ever. Uh, Why do you see family estate planning as a relevant issue, especially today? I've been seeing more and more families come to myself and my team for more financial planning and advice around estate planning. You know, wealth management, as we used to know it, or portfolio management, 
isn't about serving one single client anymore. It includes the whole family. Often we are dealing with the grandparents, the parents, the kids, maybe even the grandkids, just to make sure that everybody is organized the way that the family wants. In particular, I've noticed a lack of financial education sometimes for the next generation. And that can mean that some just don't take an interest in the financial markets or in tax or, and that's just normal, you know, to each their own. I can't wait to see the markets each and every day where other people are going, heck no, I don't want anything to do with that. It, within a family of all these different personalities, some are interested and some are maybe not as interested, but it is important when it comes to estate planning that we're trying to have that open conversation conversation with who needs to know. Let's put it that way. It's not like you have to scream from the mountaintops, the assets that you have to the rest of the family, but just that you're taking care and you're trying to organize things properly so that when something does happen to you, that it's not a surprise in terms of the financial sense. Well, talk about why it's important to be able to talk openly and honestly about your estate plans, because a lot of people, as we mentioned off the top, find this really uncomfortable. There, there, there might be you know, no other conversations that are as as uncomfortable as, as these can be. So how do you get from being uncomfortable to being you know, comfortable with, with talking with your family? For one, it brings your family a sense of empowerment that you are taking control of your own finances and planning for the future. And why do you want to do that? Well, it helps you avoid family disputes possibly in the future. It can help prepare the family in the event that you or another family member becomes incapacitated, which is a big one, John. This isn't always about just death. This is could be possibly, you know, stroke, car accident, whatever it may be. Alzheimer's, you're not able to make the decisions that you once thought you could. And this can happen quickly or this can happen gradually over time. But again, it's important for your own mental health to be prepared and make sure that your family is also prepared to receive that wealth because you can reduce taxes as well, I have to say. And with the lack of planning, you're just putting more in CRA's pocket. That's clear that I've seen it so many times that we do plan properly throughout stages of life, because again, your ideas and thoughts may be different when you're 50 or 60 years old versus when you're 80 or 90 years old. So this is a continuous conversation. This isn't one and done type of uh, situation. And so this is the conversations that we're having with clients on an ongoing basis. Uh, Every time I do a review, I start talking about estate planning as well. Okay, so then what are some of the things that one needs to be mindful of when having the estate planning conversation with your family? I think be mindful of timing. So, you know, having the initial conversations around planning when there's an emergency situation is not ideal. Everybody handles those types of situations differently, right in the middle of a crisis for the family to start talking about money. It can be very difficult. So you want to try, if at all possible, to start planning when things are of the norm. There are no issues. And that is the best way to have calm sense about you and to make proper decisions. Keep in mind that the subject can likely catch some family members off guard. You know, you don't want your family members to be emotional about what you're trying to plan and organize. And this is, again, why it's important to bring in that third or fourth party, the people that are not part of the family, but have your best interests at heart. And I think that eases everybody around the table. And so often I'm in those meetings with lawyers or with accountants and we're setting up Zoom calls on behalf of the client to figure out what is the best way to plan for them for the future as well as the family members. So 
again, be sure that family members that you want to be involved in your estate plan are present for some of those meetings. Everybody's a little different, John. I have to say some people are more private than others and they just aren't comfortable having other family members. But I will say that the transition, once somebody passes, is going to be much easier. I've also seen that some, say, parents, grandparents, whatever it might be, when they're organizing their estate plan, that they don't want their kids' spouses to be involved. That's another big one that I see. So they may not mind if their adult child knows all the information, but they don't want the spouse for whatever reason. And that's a conversation you have to have because it is private, it is personal. And a lot of the time when I'm dealing with people that are 70s and 80s and so on, we're talking about estate planning, we're doing that to protect the rest of the family, either from tax or from others, I I would say most of the time. And so having that uh, honest conversation might be difficult, but it's in the best interest of your family. Well, a lot of times it's hard enough to get our individual finances together in the present. So how do we go about planning or trying to plan across generations? How does someone get started on family financial planning? Yeah, well, when you're considering your family in your financial plan, you need to consider what you wish to occur in the future, but also what they need or want to. I've seen people want to give money to their adult children, but the adult children don't want it for tax reasons, for example. And so by asking yourself, how much do I want to leave in a legacy? Do I plan on early gifting to my loved ones? And if so, is there a specific way I'd like to gift? That's a huge one. I I think on a weekly basis, we're talking about early gifting. And how much will I need to live comfortably in retirement and still look out for my family? Remember, with gifting, it's a great gesture. And some people are talking about gifting $10,000. Some people are talking about gifting $150,000 or $200,000 or whatever it might be. And depending on where you are in your stage of retirement, it can be a great and wonderful thing for the family. And for tax reasons, it could benefit you. But we want to make sure you don't give too much away because we need to make sure that in your retirement plan that you have enough money to take you to the end of your days comfortably, that you're enjoying the retirement that you want to. So again, when we're talking about gifting with clients for any larger amounts, we're always updating a financial plan and making sure that they can part ways with that kind of money. But again, gifting is nice because you get to see your beneficiaries enjoying that money and not waiting until you're gone. They say giving money from a warm hand is better than a cold one. And I I tend to agree with that, but we just need to make sure that you're okay till the end of your days and, and that you have enough cash flow. People think about assisted living or help later on in life. So you don't want to give away a huge amount lump sum, in my opinion, early on in retirement, 60, 70 years old, waiting a little longer can be a little better just to make sure that that your needs are taken care of first. Because you don't want to have to go back and ask for some of the money back if <laughs> that, that, that becomes an issue. Or you don't want to be a, a greeter at Walmart. You don't want to have to get a part-time job at 80 years old. So it's important because a lot of times when you do get that money, usually those kids do need it and they're going to spend it on something. And a lot of the time it has been real estate, but it could be new car. It could be education for their children, your grandchildren. So, you know, usually once you're gifting it, uh, it can be gone. So yes, you don't want to have to ask for it back. So what are some of the other factors that uh, should be considered when you're thinking about early gifting to family? 
So make sure you're considering tax consequences before you're giving money. So I do get this question a lot. So if you just gift money to somebody, do they have to pay tax on it? No, we don't have that here in Canada. So the question is, is okay, well, what would stop you from gifting a large sum, for example? And that, that could be if you have a lot of unrealized gains, for example, in a portfolio, if you're trying to sell off some equities or investments and gift that to your adult children or your beneficiaries, whoever that may be. The problem with that could be, and you may trigger yourself some capital gains that are unexpected because it's a deemed disposition. Even if you're just transferring stock from your account to your kids' accounts, then that could just uh, trigger a deemed disposition and you're going to have to pay some tax on that. And maybe that's okay. So it's not always a bad thing because tax is going to have to be paid at some point in the future. So I guess I would say that it really is determined by your age and your tax situation. So again, that is a conversation that has to happen. And you should avoid making large RSP or RIF withdrawals sometimes to fund that early gifting. And again, this is a fine line and needs a conversation because sometimes we do want to trigger tax early to avoid huge estate tax later on. So those are just things to consider, as well as your child's life situation or your adult child's life situation, I should say. Because if you're gifting money and they're in a maybe a volatile marriage or relationship and they're thinking of divorce or any of that kind of stuff, you may not know that. A lot of adult children won't confide in their parents about situations like that. So you just want to make sure you're gifting it to in a way that makes sense. And if you have any worry about that, that maybe a discussion needs to happen first before gifting that money. So these are things that we're actually bringing up in those conversations. Usually a client will come to me first and say, you know, I'm thinking about gifting 100000 to each of my adult children. Okay, great. So this is what we have to ask you or talk about before we actually make that move. But again, it's something that we encourage a lot of the time as long as it makes sense for that family. So how does working with a financial advisor specifically help with the transition of wealth? I would say, again, it's not just the financial advisor, portfolio manager that's going to help with this. I'm always bringing in a financial planner. Again, I've got one on my team. We've got one in the firm. I deal with an independent financial planner as well, depending on the complexity of the situation. And it really does help because we're looking at the whole picture. We're bringing in the accountant and a lawyer if necessary to figure out how do we want to transition this wealth from you to your beneficiaries. And So whenever I deal with any of our clients or a family, it's essential that they're all on the same page when entrusting one individual to kind of manage their finances. So that's, again, when I said we deal a lot of the time with the grandparents, the parents, the adult children, the grandkids, you know, we want the whole family to be in one place because that transition makes it so much easier than You know, if one family member is at one firm and one's at the other. So having everything in one place makes sense. I will say that not all financial advisors will take the rest of the family, which is unfortunate. That's not our policy here. I believe in helping the entire family with their wealth. So you will run into that. And at some of the firms, they may not allow the advisor to take smaller accounts. So unfortunately, then they are stuck at a bank here or another firm there. But you should try to be with an advisor that does allow all accounts to be under one umbrella. It makes life so much simpler. You also uh, have made the point that you're more than just a financial advisor or portfolio manager. You're more than just a person who manages money because, uh, and I think this goes back to what we were talking about earlier, about uh, how some people are uncomfortable with being able to discuss money with their family, they're not so uncomfortable talking to you, which also leads to you becoming 
kind of a sounding board for other issues in their life as well, because there's an inherent trust there. For sure. I mean, whether people are talking to us about health, uh, relationships, dreams, fears in life, I would say all of those things. I mean, I say we're definitely not just money managers. That's not just my focus. It's really becoming sometimes a part of the family and understanding what makes them tick. How do they make sound, insightful decisions when needed? We are there as a sounding board. And, you know, I say sometimes we're counselors, sometimes we're family planners, sometimes we're psychologists. I guess the general theme there. John, is that we're there for them no matter what they're going through. And because I've been doing this for 20 years, dealing with so many different families, I've seen great transitions, some not so good, and we've helped people through that. So that's where that advice, you can't learn in a book, you learn from experience, helping retirees, and really only those who are close to retired or already retired, it's been the focus the whole time, you just come upon so many different situations. And that's where I think the real advice and expertise can come from when thinking about retirement planning and going through those different stages in life. Well, what are some of the family dynamics that you've seen over the years that uh, have made you kind of shake your head? Because I'm sure that even though it's easy to say you have to relax and be open with your conversations, for a lot of families in a lot of different situations, it just isn't possible. So what have you seen that where you kind of shake your head and go, gosh, this would have been so much easier if only fill in the blank? And I've seen a lot of situations where people don't have a will for example, and either they die suddenly or they have been diagnosed with some sort of terminal cancer usually. And, you know, now they're rushing to go get something done. And under pressure, that can be very difficult. I've had, you know, a lawyer go to a hospital to go meet a client to sign their wills. Well, that's not the right time to be doing that. You want to concentrate on your own health and make those decisions again when you're not under such pressure. Sometimes the over planning, you know, sometimes we've seen clients have too much in the way of insurance or setting up trusts that they didn't need to. And these can be quite costly to do. So having that conversation early is important. And then with beneficiaries, when you're passing on that wealth, do they want to receive it? And how do they want to receive it? I think is also important with inheritance. When you're the one receiving the inheritance, another big situation is whether you put it in your own name. So it's not part of the marital assets or you're putting it in joint name with your spouse. And that can be an uncomfortable conversation that I will have with a couple together at the same time when they're receiving the inheritance. So the choice is we put it all in your name or we're going to put it in joint. And these are pros and cons. And so some people are taken back that I would be as direct as that, but that is really important because if you inherit a million dollars, you may want to keep it in your own name sometimes. And the reason is, is that you may want to put it in a trust. You may want it for your children or a portion of it to make sure. Because the one thing is, if say you and your spouse are on rocky ground is one thing, but what happens if something happens to you? And it flows to your spouse and then they get married to somebody else. Now, the kids may not be, unless you set up a trust, may not be as involved as you think in the assets that came from your family. So that can be a more complex situation, but we've seen that happen. I don't like being the bearer of bad news or this is the worst case situation that can happen to people. That's why, again, after 20 years, we've seen good and bad situations and how to prepare for that so that you, your family doesn't fall into a situation like that. So every family is unique and dynamic. I always say, you know, I've never seen a family built on just rainbows and butterflies. Um, everybody's got their issues. And so I think that's why, John, that people feel comfortable telling me about their family dynamic. 
it's important for me to know, do you like your brother-in-law or are there problems with you and your mother or whatever the question is? So I do get right in there and ask those uh, difficult questions because I need to understand the relationships. And so does the financial planner and lawyer in order to better organize the family wealth transfer. Because, uh, well, you do wear many different hats. <laughs> to, to say the least, yes. You put out many different shingles as part of your, your portfolio management under that umbrella. Let's put it that way. Yes. Yeah, we get right under the hood of, of the families. <laughs> and so it's only to protect them and, you know, their wishes and their wants. If somebody really doesn't want to talk, we're not going to make them, but it's in their best interest. The confidentiality is so important that people don't realize with a financial advisor or a portfolio manager. I mean, it's like doctor-patient privilege. So just because you're telling me something, there's no way that uh, that would ever go anywhere else. So again, it just helps your professionals, your team of professionals plan for you. Well, it seems like a few things are as financially important as family financial planning. Uh, although the conversation might be difficult, uh, at least uh, starting, the benefits make it very worthwhile. What you do with your money no longer affects just you. It can affect your loved ones and those all around you. Exactly. I mean, family financial planning is something everyone should invest time into. And I know it's not the top of the list for priorities, but it should be. It's going to benefit possibly you throughout your life, and it could benefit your family members in a much greater way than if no planning is done at all. Think long-term, plan ahead, and that's really going to increase your likelihood of your family reaching their goals, keeping more in the pocket of your family and less for the tax man. I think that's the ultimate goal. Everybody wants a smooth transition without family disputes, and that's something they, they wish not to leave behind. And there's a, a way to do that. And again, it's just about involving professionals to help you and as well having that open communication with some of your family members in order to make that happen. All right. We always like to wrap up Ready, Set, Retire with a quote. What do you have for us this week? Estate planning is an important and everlasting gift that you can give your family. A pleasure to speak with you, as always. We will catch up with you again in a couple of weeks. You as well, John. It was so nice to chat with you and uh, looking forward to speaking to you again soon. That's all for this week's edition of Ready, Set, Retire. If you're interested in learning more or have any questions, please don't hesitate to call Lori and her team at Pinkowski Wealth Management, 604-695-LORI, 604-695-5674. For Lori Pinkowski, I'm John McComb. Thanks for listening, and join us again in two weeks for another edition of Ready, Set, Retire.